Welcome back. Welcome in to the Lion's Share podcast. And you can't spell skull without a big fat L at the end. We are hot, hot, hot right off the um, the the conclusion of the Vikings versus Giants. I don't even care that I picked the Vikings to win that game. I was dumb. I should have known. We all talked about this. Mitch uh, sent the text as well. We all alluded to it. He said, roll the tape of him calling them a first-round exit team. And that's exactly what they were today. We're going to talk about that big fat loss that Minnesota took today to the Giants and the all, all the other matchups as well as um, Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions yet still winning the game. The Dolphins trying to sneaky win a road game in Buffalo. And uh, the Seahawks not, not really showing up in the second half against the 49ers. And then, of course, we've got the Bengals-Ravens taking place in about 15 minutes as well as the Bucks versus the Cowboys tomorrow on Monday night. Um, so let's work backwards, Andrew, as we stated. We'll talk about that. And at, at the conclusion of our wildcard recap, we will talk about what's new in the Lions world and the NFL um, as a whole, including Cliff Kingsbury buying a one-way ticket to Thailand, which, hey, that doesn't sound like a bad gig considering the girlfriend that he has with him uh, alongside him on this trip. Um, so without further ado, let's work backwards. The one that's freshest in our mind, the Vikings lose to the Giants and they lost at home. We preached this all year long that they were frauds uh, and they proved it no further than today. I just, I told you this, Andrew, just moments ago, I, I don't believe in Kevin O'Connell. I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's been rushed into it after winning the Super Bowl as an OC last year with the Rams kind of feel like that's the situation Ben Johnson is in as well. We've got some talks about him later in the show, but I I think this is a um, a blueprint for you owners and coaches out there. Don't hire guys so soon. Kevin O'Connell, obviously, you know, a, a valiant effort from him and the, the team this year, um, you know, got him into the playoffs, won the division, but I think he's, he's way over his heels on this one. I don't think the Vikings are good. They're frauds. We've talked about that all year long. And it proved it today. Just, just a team that's not what their record shows. Well, not only that, but then you look to the other side of the field and you see Dayball leading the Giants, which has a very strong possibility as being uh, coach of the year in the NFL. Um, but he he's been all over the league. I mean, I didn't really know much of him until this year. But then you look at his back record, and he is all over the place, um, in several different positions, seeing almost everything you will see, um, except for being a head coach. And he finally got that role, gets this win, and it's honestly it's just good to see the Vikings lose a close game. Well, for once this year. They didn't get blown out. Yep. It was a close game. These ones that Dan kind of talks about where you keep it, you keep kind of dragging you closer to the shore edge of the shore until you get drowned in the abyss. And that's what the Vikings do. And they finally, finally lost one of these close ones. It finally caught up with them and at, at a perfect time too. And, and you said it. Yeah. Dave all used to coach with uh, Dan Campbell. Remember throwback to, um, prior to that matchup, they were talking about that, right? They they go back um, in that tree all the way back to the Dolphins organization. It's just crazy how much um, – it's a small world in the NFL, as we've talked about. Um, 
yeah, it, it just really caught up to them today, didn't it? Um, and the Vikings, I, I, I don't know. You, you can't you can't be happy with this result at home. Um, and you you nearly became arguably the biggest beneficiary of the refs this postseason this year with that roughing the passer call. I think we've got to talk about that. Not only that, but uh, you pointed it out to me. They got the offsides on the fourth and one to make it fourth and six late in the game, too. And that was their first penalty. And I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. They they had they were not penalized until the fourth quarter, and they were still upset about it. And it, and I, I, it goes back to Roger Goodell and Adam Thielen before the game getting a little too handsy in my book. That's that's beyond that's beyond professional behavior. I will have the shareholders know. Ben, let me know about this. This picture existed uh, on thrice occasions. Yeah, I I just snapped them one after another. There was I I just just happened to flip to Fox between the timeouts and the Dolphins Bills games to see to see when that game was going to kick off and that was the first thing that pops up on my screen I'm like I don't know if I don't know if I obviously Goodell goes to a lot of games and he's often seen with players but this one just felt like odd to me and in a playoff game I, I don't it's just the optics of that looked really bad um, and then of course that came right into my mind when you get they get that roughing the passer call to extend the drive um uh, NFL's got to figure out the roughing the passer. We, how many times have, has this come up in situations where uh, even with the um, New York and the expedited reviews that they do in the playoffs where they try to get things right, I kept waiting for this one to be um, waved off, honestly. I thought they were going to come over the, the microphone and say, there's there's no foul for roughing the passer. But alas, they, they did call it. It was kind of crazy. Not only, well, if we're going to talk about things that the NFL has to figure out, um, I don't know if you saw, if we're going to relate this podcast back to Lions news, Jamal, William, Jamal Williams got fined something around $18,000 plus for his, his celebration that he does on every touchdown that wasn't penalized in Week 18 against the Packers. And if you guys remember, Quay Walker, the guy who pushed the medical staff, was fined less than Jamal Williams on a play that was thrown a flag as unsportsmanlike and he was disqualified from the game. Gets fined less than what Jamal does. No flag, nothing. I mean, if if the league's going to figure out anything, get the no fun league stigma away from your name. Ridiculous, really. Uh, yeah, that was that was outrageous. Uh, the, the, the fact that those fines are, there's a, there's one higher than the other. Um, and it doesn't, and it's not Quay Walker's being the higher one. That's just ridiculous. And as you said, it wasn't flagged in the games. So for them to go retrospective on it and call it afterwards is just outrageous. Um, I will say that when I was watching it live, I was a little bit worried. It's in my head because I know he's done it in the past and, while I love Jamal and I love the celebration that he toes the line there, um, I kind of just want him to just don't even make it be close because we don't want one of those penalties down the stretch when it means more, you know? Do you agree with the officials? Did you see one too many pumps on, on a celebration? See, that's what I don't like about it is that it's he does it so close that it's up to that ref's discretion. And and I don't agree games, that I see what you're saying. And I don't agree that it should be a penalty. I don't want to become a... Um, a hater here. I don't agree that that's a penalty, 
But um, I just, Jamal, like maybe find something else similar to Aiden Hutchinson when we were worried about his celebration causing an injury. You know, just it's played a little bit safer, huh? I, I know you can't you can't take he's like he's like a peacock you got to let him fly, but um, just maybe think maybe in this off season come up with a different celebration. I can get on board with that. I mean, I just wish the NFL had some clearer guidelines on what was going to be a, a flag or not or or hey yeah. I don't know these guys are already getting paid millions of dollars let's just let them have fun when they score. I mean we don't even have. A, what is it, Thibodeau getting fined for the snow angels or angles, oh, as some people call them? Okay, come on, that's that's a low blow. That was low. Oh, that hurts. Um, yeah, how about the Philly guy? I can't remember who it was that stole out of the Salvation Army bucket. That wasn't a flag. Oh yeah, I forget about that. On Thanksgiving. Yeah, nonetheless, Thanksgiving when we're all oh, supposed to come together. <laughs> come together, right? Um. So I'm going to hit you with this right here. The Giants had 431 yards of offense today. Um, I, that's nearly 100 yards more than the Vikings. The, the Vikings had 332, so 99 more yards of offense um, for, the, for the, G, the G, man, as well as um, the Vikings only had 61 yards rushing. So poo-poo day for them on that side of the ball, and they had seven less minutes in the the time of possession, the also crucial time of possession was seven minutes in favor of the Giants. So once again, a game where the Vikings lose in statistical categories, yet we're very much in this game and could have taken this game either to overtime or potentially won it late there if they would have gone for two. Yeah, it was an evenly matched game. It seemed like for a long time in this game, it was going to come down to whoever had the ball last. And then it was like the defenses from both teams stepped up in the final possessions. Um, So it's it's just kind of one of those things that you always have to be ready. Darius Slayton upset with himself at the end of the game. Could have caught a first down or could have caught a ball that would have come close to giving him a first down and sealing the game. And uh, and then you don't even have to have to worry about the refs bailing um, Kirk Cousins out there with the roughing the passer. Once again, it just felt like that was going to be the storybook again. Just they get new life by virtue of a penalty that wasn't there. Um, and I don't know if you were watching earlier in this game when it was the third and one, when they do the um, the the kind of like jet sweep handoff to um, Jefferson, and then he throws it back to Kirk Cousins on a third and one. Were you watching when this happened? Oh, nope, man. I missed this, this is, one. This is classic Kevin O'Connell getting too cute. Once again, over his heels, over his skis with this one. Third and one, just just QB sneak it or run it. Why are you running a wide receiver throwback to the quarterback, to Kirk Cousins, who, let's be honest, not very mobile, right? The, what's he going to do with that ball when it's back in his hands? It, and it was well covered. But uh, the, the Giants, you know, were disciplined on it, stayed home. They weren't fooled. They were ready for it, and they, they wrap him up well short. Uh, I think he lost a couple yards even on that play. So, and, it was broken before it even started. I was going to say, that sounds well covered by the Giants. If Because, uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. What can you expect Kirk Cousins to do if if that play doesn't go correctly? What 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 is he going to do? you got to throw that ball away because uh, he 
is just immobile. I heard you say uh, Daniel Jones had 431 yards, is that, I, I believe. Do you have Saquon's numbers then? Because I, Saquon got that touchdown late, but he seemed quiet in the second half. Yeah. Um, did he have a big day on the ground in the first half? Not even in the total game. He had 53 yards. Danny Dimes was your leading rusher with 78 yards. Wow, so he, he was uh, willing that team to victory. Lucky they gave him his contract. I mean, and honestly, he's not asking for a ton of money, I don't think. I don't think he's asking for starter money because he knows that if he leaves the Giants, he's not going to be a starter anywhere else unless he has a breakout playoff performance here. He's he's really looking good um, as, as it comes on. I'm surprised I'm, week in and week out that he's actually looking good you know, pretty good out there. And Dayball got to give credit to him for getting the most out of this guy because, like you said, I, I, on another team, I don't think he's getting the numbers that he's getting. He's 24 of 35, 301 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, as well as three sacks. Got sacked three times a day. So um, you give him a little bit more help from the offensive line too as well in the draft here coming up or maybe free agency. Uh, watch out. The Viking or the Giants could be um, – you know, pretty solid team all around. They've got they've got a, uh, a a pretty young group. Well, Danny Dimes, once again, you want to relate this back to Lions news. Similar to Jared Goff, you know, he's what, what I, I guess more of a game manager in a traditional hand the ball off and facilitate to a lot of different guys in your offense, which is what he did today. I mean, several guys involved in the offense. It sounds like Saquon didn't do his job and the line didn't help him out much either if he had the three sacks, which is maybe where Goff is the difference maker. And, you know, kind of both these guys in the second half of their careers as well. Goff on a second chance. Danny Dimes struggling to get a second quarterback and for somebody to believe in him. Well, and he's got the the added dimension of of his legs as well. And so he, you got to account for that on defense, uh, you know. So Goff doesn't have that luxury of of that ability. So he's a little bit more one dimensional. Danny Dimes' legs are so weird because I, I feel like he's huge. Teams don't respect him. They don't respect his legs at all. Which I, I mean, I'm with the defense. I wouldn't respect his legs either. And then he's just sneaky quick. Well, that's a good that's a good option for him as well. Like um, instead of throwing the ball in the dirt, like Goff would do sometimes to just live for another down. Danny can can try to get a yard or or a little bit more right with the legs. He's got that uh, ability, um, and that's just you know it's it it's, makes it so tough as a defense when you're facing a guy that like that. It's not Justin Fields by any means, but he's got the ability to go there when he needs to. Got to be tough to be a Giants fan. I I know it's tough when you watch Goff take a hit. And you think, please don't be hurt. Uh, Sudfield is our backup. Please don't be hurt. Right, right. And he got he was injured earlier this season. Remember, Danny Dimes was injured. Yeah, and um, they were running wild a wildcat. Yeah, that, that was some dark days for Giants fans out there. So they move on, though. The Giants move on. Uh, good for them. This it's um, a, a a gritty team led by Dayball, and I don't see them uh, making it all the way. But they're a sneaky team. They've got some players, and uh, I think the Vikings was an easy matchup for them. They they already played them. They lost to them, so they kind of had that chip on their shoulders, and they they knew they were going to have to win a tough one on the road. 
in a loud, loud stadium that's chanting skull the whole time. So credit to them, man. That's a good win. That's a, that's a, I don't want to call it a franchise changing win, but something you can really build on with a young group and a new coach. And confirmed U.S. Bank Stadium, not a giant killer, still a bird killer. <laughs> Just the birds. So if you're Falcons, uh, Seahawks, Eagles, any of the good, thankfully the Eagles don't have to face the Vikings in this playoffs because that might have been a different outcome. Uh, let's move back. Don't forget our favorite bird, the Ravens and Mr. The Ravens, of course, with AFC team, so they wouldn't. They'd have to. They would. They'd have to meet in the Super Bowl. And of course, the Super Bowl's in Arizona, not Minnesota this year. But I digress. Moving back to the game prior to this one, the Bills, Dolphins, something that was a lot closer than I think um, many of us thought. Even, um, even maybe Dolphins fans out there weren't expecting this uh, with Skylar Thompson strapping up for the Finns. And uh, we were calling for Beached in Buffalo. And it certainly looked like it off the start. Bills started hot. Looked like uh, they were one or two scores away from maybe putting it away kind of. And then slowly, but surely dolphins started getting a couple bounces their way. They get some, some interceptions. Um, they get a muffed punt, I believe in there. Um, so a lot of things are not a muff punt, but it was the, it was a fumble from Josh Allen. So um, I think if you're a dolphins fan, you're, you're kind of delighted at the fact that it was close, but at the same time, you kind of feel like they fumbled this one. Like they, this is a game they could have very easily won had they not had, I don't know, 15 delay of games. Yeah, that was uh, sad. And, I mean, I don't who, – who does it fall on? That certainly didn't seem like a player's issue, let alone – I don't know what the final number for delay of games that they had is. But that many of them seems like also not a player issue at that point. seems to point to a coach issue, which is going to be – this. I mean, that's what everybody's going to talk about in this game is how it ended here. It's sad. And – the weird part about saying that, though, is honestly, I didn't feel like the Bills were ever in danger of lose, losing this game. I thought they were going to win this the entire time. Um, the picks, was it a pick six or fumble return for a touchdown? I can't remember. Fumble, Whatever, yeah. that play um, was was the momentum changer that we talk about all the time. And still, even after that, I didn't feel like the Bills were going to lose. No, they got, they've got... They felt like they were fairly in control. I think the one point where I didn't think they were in control was that fumble, like you like you just mentioned, because that's when it felt like it was it was starting to teeter over. Like uh, they were on the verge of of throwing that one away. They had to yep. go and respond. They had to go and respond, and then they did um, in a crucial moment there, because that's when it felt like it was about to really domino effect go into motion there, and. The fact that there were so many delay of games and there were many that didn't get called and there were many that the Dolphins called timeouts on and that hurt them down the stretch too because they burned all three timeouts, uh, I think, north of five minutes in the fourth quarter. So once that once it came down to the point where they needed those timeouts late, well, they were all gone. Um, and I want to throw it back to you. Remember the Dolphins-Lions game? How many times did we see the Dolphins uh, have encroachment and offsides? Remember, I think there was a clip out there of uh, McDaniel where you can kind of read his lips like we got to figure that shit out or whatever he said so uh, it seems like this is a recurring theme for the Dolphins it's just like penalties on penalties where they just don't address them I don't understand it's it's like the definition of insanity like keep keep doing the same thing over and over again 
where it's to the point where you're sitting on your couch thinking like I could be managing this better. Yeah. And it's little details as well. Um, I, I think it was that game too, where we were shouting a zillion times where people were just lined up off sides and they just wouldn't throw flags on it at all. Like full helmets and hands on the edge over the ball and you can see it clear as day and you think the guy the ref looking down the the line of scrimmage naked how can you not tell that this guy is a full head over that ball right now and it's just it's finally these little things i mean dan preaches it all the times the details and the discipline it's the little things that come back to haunt you in these games and it finally came back to haunt the dolphins and i mean yeah they limped in and they are fully out of oxygen and please don't leave the shareholders. Um, don't sell them short here, because I was listening to this game on mute. So fill oh. them in on what they missed. So the CBS team, production team, had a nice graphic where that included dolphins jumping out of the out of the water, and and included sound effects of dolphins. And I asked Andrew, if, how did CBS get his sound? Because it, it, I don't know, it sounded pretty similar to me. Oh my god! I, I wish we could have gotten full beach noises. I tried searching for it. I couldn't find it, but that was that was earlier. Um, I guess though, this isn't the first time CBS has aired that graphic. This is a recurring theme. Really? That's yeah, uh, this is a rewashed repeat. This is this is not the first time it's been shown, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I had somewhere else I was gonna go with that, but I don't remember now. Okay, right. Oh, I, I know what I was gonna say. Uh, just that. Uh, you can get away with the little things sometimes during the regular season. You can you can you can win uh, despite that, but in the playoffs, it's just, you're just not going to be able to get away with that. It's certainly not against a team like the Bills, where they're just ready to pounce on every opportunity, and and that's what they did. They just kind of grinded it out. And uh, Mitch, who's not with us here today, but he's he had um, this to add about Josh Allen is that either the um, Either Josh Allen will win a Super Bowl for the Bills or he will cost them a Super Bowl. I, I, let me get this direct quote for so I can treat him right here. Um, J- Josh Allen will win the Bills. Yes, so Josh Allen will win the Bills a bowl or cost them one. And that's what it feels like. You kind of live or die by him because he makes some errant throws. Some He was lo- real loose with the ball too. That's what you know kind of caused that fumble. Um, and he on the play prior to the fumble too, he... Um, he he was loose with it there and got away with it um so it's kind of like one of those situations where you, you got to live with the good and the bad of josh allen and hope that it comes out as a good average right because he does certainly make some decisions that uh you know are costly to his team detrimental and i think eventually maybe he'll figure that out in his career um because i just he's just he just seems like he's just short of being like the him as the internet likes to call Elite. people these days. Like he's there and then he has moments where it's like, man, that's a throw like uh, you know, any average quarterback would throw, right? Like and it oftentimes he throws them in the red zone, like in the Lions game. It's like the it's like the uh remember the Titans. You can throw the ball a mile. But you can't pitch two yards. <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> it's the little things, right? And he just he's just he it's like the. It's, I think he's gonna figure it out. I think he'll. Well, I think he'll get only, it all together. But when he does yeah. have it, when he's going, when he's got it going, that Bills offense looks 
uh, dominant, you know, with Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley. As now good back as anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw I saw Beasley catch himself one today. Good for him to re-sign and come back. But not only is Mitch saying, you know, you can take it in the sense of uh, kind of mental errors and making wrong throws and, and throwing it away, <clears throat> but physically as well. Um, you know, he's a big guy. He likes to run with the ball. He likes to lower his shoulder instead of sliding down too. Is Are we going to reach that point in his career where down the stretch, you know, he decides to run one. You got to come out for, you know, maybe it's two plays. Maybe it's longer and it's a serious injury, but can you stand to be out for those two plays or longer? Can you name the Bills backup? I would get a guess to Rod Taylor. Really? Is he still? Yeah. Is he still around? Uh, I, no, it's Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Where is and they've also got they, They've also got Matt Barkley as well, a name you haven't heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, I have not heard that name in quite some time. I don't know who technically I mean, is the first backup either. I, I assume it would be Keenum, but... Oh, Terod's with the uh, with the Giants, the other blue team. That might, have, uh, yes. that might be what got me. Yes, because he came in, remember, and he got hurt. That, that, that was what yeah. happened, right? That's then. That's yep. what led to the wildcat. Correct. Yeah, I think right. that's what I got me because I saw the blue, white, and red yeah. this year. I think it was like week four. It was it was early. It was early. This, early quarter or first quarter of the season, I think. It was before Dude. the Lions buy. Oh for sure. Oh for sure. It was. Yeah, I think the only thing to take away from this is um, the Dolphins. You know, similar to Josh Allen. His his range where he's really good and has detrimental portions as well. You kind of just got to live with him. Let him be a peacock, right? I think that's yeah. kind of it's like Mike McDaniel's that way too as a coach, where he very much you know kind of brought Skylar Thompson into this game and like made plays for him, made it easy-ish for him at times, right? Just getting the ball to those weapons like we talk about. Just get the ball to your weapons and let them do the work when you when you have a quarterback that's not going to be. Uh, you know, a, an elite quarterback, right? You got to just do work with what you got. So I think, you know, Mike McDaniel, to his credit, like he brought this, he rose this team up, but he also brought him down with the, the communications down the stretch. It's just, it was a juggle. Yeah. And similar to a guy we'll get to uh, in another game in Brock Purdy. But uh, to finish this game out, Mike McDaniels, I don't know if you heard him after the game, what he said is that, up above, he was told that they had the first down, and so they had personnel out there for the first and ten call, and then he noticed they were going at fourth and one, and they didn't have time to switch it out. I just, how do you not know that? How do you not know that? He just, he looks up from his play sheet and goes, oh shit, it's fourth and one? The only other thing I could think is, like, did he think he was going to challenge it, but didn't have any timeouts? Right. That that could be, and and obviously they're doing all those reviews, you know the uh, expedited reviews as they call them, where they are kind yeah. of just reviewing it live in in real time. Um, and that kind but of, I I don't want to go off on that for a minute, but I, all I wonder is if if something changes, like a spot changes on an expedited review, basic that means you basically can't challenge it at that point, right? Yeah, but everything under two minutes should be reviewed anyway. That wasn't so. that was north of two minutes, wasn't it? Or was oh, that? well, then that was the issue. Well, that maybe that was the issue then, because I kept thinking, like, this should be a booth review. It's under two minutes. Like, they should just stop and look at the spot. 
but they didn't have any timeouts and they didn't so therefore yeah so it must if it it had to have been north of two minutes then because that's where i was confused yeah i think so um i think the bills got to figure some things out too as well if they want to compete for a super bowl uh you know they i don't want to say they were necessarily exposed today but there are they do have times and this happened today and, uh, and several times in the season as well where they just they don't look like a team that's going to stomp you. Like, they're not scary. Like, the Chiefs at times look scary. The Bengals at times look scary where you feel like no matter what you do, you can't stop them. The Bills seem like they're containable. I feel like the Bengals and Bills are more comparable than the Bills or basically anybody to the Chiefs. I feel like the Chiefs can just get hot at any time and stop you by 30. And I don't really feel like that about many other teams other than possibly a healthy Eagles. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think of with the Bengals, with Jamar Chase rejoining the, the, the team, that's a different team. I've said it several times. That's a different team. And I think back to the game where they were losing by, I think, two or three scores to the Bucks, and they just put up whatever 24 or 30 something straight that's the team i'm thinking of where it's just nothing nothing they could do to stop them right we're just at will scoring yeah i just think a team that's that depleted in the offensive line becomes so one-dimensional that you know you're always going to win the trench battle and that that team becomes so one-dimensional that they can never pull away you know more than two to three scores outside of Big, flashy, one, two play drives, you know, and you're getting a lot of yards out of them. It's a good point. It's a good point. Not sustainable football. No, not by, by any means. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the Dolphins, the Bills, sorry, are moving on. Um, that throws us back to Saturday's games, which was a thriller on Saturday night football Chargers versus Jaguars. Trevor throws four interceptions in the first um, first half. They get a they get a punt that goes off a player's head as well. Uh, just everything going the Chargers' way, um, and it felt like the Jaguars. As I said on Wednesday's episode, I was concerned that they were going to be not ready for this game. Like the moment was going to be a little too big for them. Certainly felt like that in the first half. I felt validated only to be crushed in the second half where the Chargers became the Chargers and just blew it. Um, and, and and credit to Mitch on this one. He did bet this live. Um, he did take the Jaguars live bet. Whatever wow. Was. Uh, Big I think minus, uh, minus 900 or whatever it was. Big credit to him. I can't imagine being a Chargers, a part of the Chargers fan base and having to look at another fan base or anybody else and explaining 27 to nothing at half. Like just showing that graphic of 27 to 0 at half and then and then knowing the final outcome. I, I that's that's inexcusable, but that Chargers team is the exact team that we saw play the Browns earlier this year where they should have should have lost to the Browns and it was um uh, the Jacoby Brissett led Browns at that point, and it was a field goal off to end the game. And the Chargers just barely won. That was the team that we saw lose to the Jaguars today. And they just can't win. They couldn't win that game close at the end. And I think that's what we said on our last show as well, which is just sad brand of football. 
I've got to correct you too, by the way, 27-7 at half. They did get that score right Sorry. before half. And that was it for me. Um, I, you know, I never felt like the Jaguars are out of this, similar to um, uh, kind of like the – it was like the opposite of the Dolphins-Bills game where the Bills, you never felt like they were, were really in concerning territory. I felt like the Jaguars were really – it just felt like they were never out of it. it they, when it was 27 nothing, it just felt like the smallest 27 nothing lead of all time. And that was the moment for me where I was a little bit worried that my Chargers pick was going to come and back and haunt me because it was 24 nothing. The Chargers had the ball off that punt off the head and they get the ball, you know, I can't remember where it was, but it was either in the red zone or right on the doorstep of the red zone. And they, they failed to get a touchdown there. And I thought when they kicked that field goal and made it 27 nothing, I thought, okay. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen now. And the and the uh, I think I read Trevor's lips on the sideline sideline when it was third down, right before the defense got the stop to hold him to a field goal. I think he said something along the lines of like, "All right, field goal here. We get the ball, score before half, and we're in this game. Like we can do this thing." That's basically what I was thinking too in my head was, okay, if they got a touchdown and made it thirty-one nothing, I thought it was insurmountable. I thought that was too much. I thought it that was that it was right there in that moment where that game was, you know, at the fork in the road, so to speak. And since they held them to a field goal, Jacksonville gets the score before half. Now you're only down 20. It doesn't sound like a lot at that point. You know, three scores. Um, and then you got to do what you got to do coming out of the second half. You, you've got you've to get a score coming out. And uh, they did that. And then it was just Jaguar score, Jaguar score. Missed field goal by the Chargers that came up huge in the end, of course. And uh, it's just just like I texted you, I said the Jaguars can't play any worse than they did in the first half. So if they figure it out, um, this thing could really turn around. And I didn't necessarily think it was going to come all the way back, but it, it sure did. Credit to the Jaguars. Crazy. I don't know if it's a, a confirmed video too. Trevor Lawrence total bro hits up a Waffle House after the yes. after the game as well. What I've seen it a, several places. Move. It seems okay. it seems confirmed at this point. A legit video. What an absolute animal. What what kind of NFL quarterback goes to a Waffle House after the game? You got to You'd never think Trevor Lawrence of all NFL quarterbacks, a man of the people. Respect. I got to give him respect on that one. Same. Uh, uh uh, what a what a what a turnaround for him! It felt like they grew up before our eyes. The Jaguars, like they went from moment was too big for them to like psych. We don't need another year. We're gonna do this all in one game, and we're gonna crush this team down the stretch. Um, what can you say? Just the tale of two halves, really. Um, and the, ja- and the Chargers. Than, yeah. Well, I was just saying nothing other than you want that to be your franchise, which is what we had mm. a shot to be this mm. year. And they beat the Jaguars badly. That's the last time the Bad. Jaguars lost, by the way. Really? To the Lions. To the Lions. Yeah. Shit on. The Giants. Lions beat the Giants. Lions beat the Vikings. Lions beat the Jaguars. They're beating all these playoff teams. It just hurts a little bit. Um, I felt like the uh, Chargers are kind of like the Stafford Lions in a way, though, where your defense isn't all that great. Um, the run game was is not there, right? And... Uh, You've got Lombardi calling plays too. That, of course, that that was a lot of people harping on him for his second half play calling, and uh, rightfully so. And injuries all the time. Yes, 
Yes, Mike Williams, if he plays in this game, maybe it's a different outcome, right? Maybe. Who's to say he can stretch the field? He's a tall guy. Uh, hate to have him not on the field. Exactly. Um, I saw this tweet come up. I can't verify this one either, but I'm going to confirm it on my own decree. Um, some guy tweeted that he sat behind Trevor Lawrence in his first ever class at Clemson University. Before class, um, he's got he's sitting behind Trevor and he takes a, he took a picture of him and, and he was watching Jason William highlights. So he said right there I knew he was gonna be that guy. Wow. <laughs> Jason Williams. Can, what do they call him? Can they you called imagine? him um, like uh, like not white thunder, but like something like uh, it's something sugar. I can't remember the name. What they white lightning? No, I don't know. But I just had to share that 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 tweet. That was pretty funny. Um, from from the first first row of class, white chocolate, Clemson, white chocolate. There you go. Very cool. Uh, Jaguars moving on. Duval moving on. Uh, what a what a win! Do they have franchise. another home? No. Okay. I, I can't imagine they would. I think they've got to go. Sure. To, I think they've got to go to Kansas City. Dependent. Well, 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 right on this outcome no. of this game, I think, right? Yes. The game current currently. That's the only thing that makes sense. Um, and then that leads us to the last matchup, the aka the first matchup, Seahawks 49ers. Um, Seahawks were in this one early, but it uh, really got out of hand. 49ers just, um, just kind of took over. Uh, the Seahawks, I I got to give some credit to them. It felt like they had some good game plans. They were feeding the ball the big big play dk as some would call them um and they were attacking the 49ers defense pretty good a, a a really noble effort against a good 49ers defense and then it was a series of bad things their center gets hurt on a play so they've got a backup center in they get a flag for illegal man downfield and then geno fumbles and uh, nick bosa recovers and then it's just uh it kind of waterfalled from there um so yeah, the 49ers just imposed their will at that point. Uh, run CMC had a good game, thing, I thought. The best thing the Seahawks had going for them was right before half, they had a great sequence. They Good defensive stand. They got the ball back. Geno scrambled with like one second left, got a late hit. Uh, you know, uh, I, forget, I forget what that penalty is called. As he's sliding to take a penalty. Uh, took a hit, got a penalty, puts him in field goal range, and they get points right before half. And that's when I thought that maybe they had a chance. You know, they got those three points. They build momentum momentum coming coming into the half. And I thought that's when they were going to turn it around, and it just went so, so downhill so fast for them. Yeah, stop me if you heard this one before. The Seahawks get into field goal range because of a penalty late. I, that's all I could think of was Jalen Ramsey standing there and Gino running into him. How crazy was it with it happened with one second left too? So if, oh, perfect time for a field goal, like just just in the nick of time, right? Thought the same thing after you get the reports of, and I didn't, I don't know if you were going to touch on it, but the worst officiated game of the year is officially what the Rams Seahawks game was called. You just had to bring it up, didn't you? Well, I had to after they get the the penalty with one second on the on the board to get them into field goal range. That's why I'm saying, you know, that news is breaks, that happens, and you think, are they going to make Seahawks team a destiny here and, and take out the 49ers? No, no, 
No, nobody can make that team team of destiny. It's just not good enough, right? Thank, um, thank goodness. Which which leads me to a question I have for you, and that is, um, do you think they'll bring Geno Smith back next year? Oh man, um, where are they picking in the draft? Because they're they're like four or five, right? They're yeah, they're th- they're three or four, right? Because the Broncos, it's the Broncos pick, and the Broncos were the. Th- no, they're fifth. I'm sorry. They were at one point, I think, third. But, yeah, fifth. Okay, I just don't know if, okay, we got who's we got ahead of them. The Texans need a quarterback. The Bears do not, but they really want to trade this pick away harder than anybody. So you have right. to possibly think two quarterbacks at that point. Who is number three? That would be the Cardinals. The Cardinals don't need a quarterback. They just paid Kyler a ton of money. They're not moving. But on. at four, you've got the Colts who probably need a quarterback. Who will need a quarterback? So you got three people taking quarterbacks. You have to th- think the top three quarterbacks are going to go before they get to you. Do you move up for a quarterback or do you stick with Geno? Or do you think that there's fo- uh, a fourth good quarterback there for you? I, there's 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 hardly even one good quarterback in my book. You've got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, who technically hasn't declared for the NFL draft yet, which is uh kind of kind of making people scratch their heads out there. I think tomorrow's the cutoff date, so we'll know for sure on the Wednesday episode. But yeah, some people are thinking, well, if he's taking this long, that that could lead to him maybe going back. It would be kind of crazy for him to go back to Ohio State at this point. It seems like a good time for a quarterback to be draft well, eligible. Yeah, and it's a it's a down year for quarterbacks. It's not a heavy draft for quarterbacks. Next year's everybody's all all, you know, calling that the, the quarterback draft. You'll have Caleb Williams um being the big one out there. So next year's draft is a little bit more quarterback heavy, so I don't see how he would do that. So anyway, back to my point. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Will Levis, that's your top three, um, at least in many books. So yeah, uh, I, the fourth, you got it. That anybody after that is reaching. Yeah, and with the way Gino performed this year, I almost want to say they're gonna sit tight with Gino for another year and see how they play out, and then and then take quarterback following year. Yeah, Gino Smith is thirty-two, probably will be thirty-three for next season, so he's getting up there, but he's still probably got a couple more years, right? And uh, I thought it would just be funny, though, because, you know, the Jets need a quarterback. Wouldn't it be funny if Gino went back to the Jets? The only thing that they can do is trade somebody for uh, an active quarterback in the league. And good and who's to that, say, right? you know, we That's send Goff tough. over to Seattle and we get a zillion picks, but I don't see that <laughs> ever happening. Oh, man. Did you see that thing about Trey Lance, the Woodward Sports? And a couple other people put that out there. Like, if the 49ers offer – you know the whatever if they offer Trey Lance would you take it and would you take a draft pick away from the Lions to get Trey Lance and I said no many people said no but um, absolutely not what sports has some bad takes yeah they do I think they just do that on purpose though well they do to get people talking like sometimes they have some good points but sometimes they have freezing cold takes and it's hard to even tune in after it um, let's talk about the Lions. Natural, natural pr- transition. Um, obviously, the big thing is Ben Johnson. That's um, he's on watch for NFL coaching jobs. 
Uh, today we got the news that the buzz in league circles is that Tepper, the Panthers owner, is enamored with Johnson, whose innovative schemes helped the Lions finish fifth in the NFL in scoring and total offense in his first season as offensive coordinator. Can we also still say these same league sources are saying Jeff Saturday is trending as Stop. continuing to be the Indianapolis? Nobody's actually coach. saying that, right? Please. That no. was that was included in the same report I read. Oh, Joe Pearson, person. I, I can't remember who it was, but it was it was four top moves in the NFL news uh, rumors. So Ben Johnson led it, and the fourth one was Jeff Saturday looking like he's going to be. The coach. So, that the, would be crazy. That would be insane. I so I did see that they were gonna interview him. They had him on the list to be included. Oh no, you've got breaking news. Burrow just scored touchdown to oh. I think T. Higgins. I thought you were gonna say Jeff Saturday, head coach. Oh god, that got me excited. That's news right now. Yeah, I did see he was getting interviewed. Um, I was even shocked to see he got interviewed. Really, um, but I guess you got to give it. You got to give him the chance. But Aaron Glenn also got interviewed they've already completed the interview with Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson and the Colts that is uh the Panthers I think I can't remember which day they but they've got an interview scheduled with with Ben Johnson I think um it hasn't happened yet of, as a recording um so but they're all all accounts say that they're expecting him to nail that interview especially because Tepper is so in love with him it sounds um but I always take these with a grain of salt uh I, these rumors I don't know. Maybe I just don't want to believe that they're going to actually hire him. Maybe that's what it is. However, they we could also offer saw... it. He could turn it down. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't seem like that happens a lot, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think you want to leave if you're Ben Johnson. I think you you see greener pastures as a head coach, right? It's the natural next step after an offensive coordinator. Um, I just think you you would be well-served to be patient here. Um, and should mention too, Sean Payton's names being thrown around as a top candidate for this Panthers job as well. Yeah, and I believe you're the one who brought up that uh, the the big hesitation with the Sean Payton name is that it's interdivision. Yes. And uh, Sean Payton is apparently too respectful of a man. I honestly I didn't see that anywhere. I just in my head that makes sense that he wouldn't that wouldn't be his first choice. I think he's I think he's better I, served. I could see if he had elsewhere. two offers, two equal offers, that he would take right. that one over. What? Plus, Carolina is just in a bad spot. Right. You don't. You don't have a quarterback. You've got PJ Walker. I mean, but yeah, roster wise, it's depleted, and you can't really entice any OCs and DCs to come well, with you. And and Steve Wilkes. I mean, we talked about him being interim, doing what he could with that team, getting him to seven and ten, which isn't much, but nearly snuck him into the playoffs. And a local guy, which seemed right. to fit the definition of that team. And the Raiders should have done that with uh, Basaccia, right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, Last year. Basicia, Basaccia, Basaccia. I don't know what it is. One it's throwing me off because there's been a couple of pronunciations, um, and they could have taken that guy right as head coach. And instead, you go out and get um, McDaniel's, and uh, yeah, uh, look what you did. Did there. look good. You, Derek you, you, Carr you made the playoffs last year, move, and you, you missed it with a team that's were uh, you know a, arguably a better roster with Devonte Adams. And and what you would say they were lucky to have the record. You would say you were shocked to know that would they finish eight and nine, something like that, or 
or seven and ten, one of the two. I would say either of those records, and at one at one point you would say you'd be shocked to see that record. Just the same as you were a Lions fan in the first half of the season. Shocked to see their final season record to be as good as it is. Mm-hmm. And now they're losing their quarterback. Yeah. And that, yeah. Got a lot of rebuilding to do there. And uh, I don't know where they're picking. They're pick seventh. So another position where you're not in a good spot to get a quarterback. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they go jump for that, that um, Bears pick. Who knows, right? Would you drop from... Uh, Six to seven? No, you'd have to offer something else, of course, right? I mean, obviously, but um, I, if you're the bear, eh, that seven's a big jump. If you, if you, you'd have to really load it up with picks. Man, I hope the Lions threaten to take whoever they want, and they want to jump us. I, 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 I return. One thing what I will say is that's one of the, my favorite things about the weeks leading up to the draft is all this, all these rumors, the rumor mill, where it's like. You start putting smoke screens out. I can't wait. You know there's going to be smoke screens from that Lions front office. Like, they're going to move up. They're going to move up. They're going now to trade they up. can. Right. And we'll talk about it when we do a flag. I'm sure we'll do a full draft episode. Oh, yeah. But Brad Holmes is now dangerous in the draft. They see his two rookie class, his two his two draft classes here in Detroit. They see that he he's not he's not afraid to make moves, not afraid to make moves within the division even. Teams are going to call. Teams are going to yeah. be calling and wanting to move around. And, and just uh, be be ready, shareholders. Things could surprise you draft night. Oh, they all, it's, that's one of my favorite nights of the year. Love love the draft, especially with this front office, the faith that we have in them. Um, yeah, the Vikings, maybe they'll uh, think twice about um, that, that picking up the phone when they see Dan, or not Dan, but uh, Brad calling, you know? Yeah. At this point, I think teams are realizing that the, the Lions are, tend to get the fair end of these deals. Um, so maybe they start to think twice about picking up the phone when the Lions call. Well, I don't know, man. It's almost enticing. It's almost like what we said with the OC head coach uh, kind of uh, relationship. Benefiting in both ways. We saw it with the Vikings. The Vikings got what they wanted. In season, we trade them TJ Hawkinson, and I know it's fitting the season ended for the Vikings on a pass to Hawkinson well short of the sticks. But Hawkinson was a great addition for them, and it was great for us to not pay another tight end when we pro- we've we proven that we can do it without a high-paid tight end. And the Stafford trade as well. I mean, exactly. I they mean, got the Super Bowl. Beneficial. The Lions got a serviceable quarterback plus picks that they're turning into, um, you know, game, game, game changing playmakers. Right. And not only serviceable in the quarterback departments, almost looking like he could be a franchise guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of talks of that. A lot of praise going to Jared and well-deserved um, that, that, um, yeah, that fourth and eight, I don't think we gave it enough time in the, in the Vikings talk, but the fourth and eight to throw it five yards short of the sticks and a guy that's well-covered, with a guy right there to wrap him up, uh, yeah, it's a bold strategy. Kevin O'Connell, you're gonna want drawing board, yeah, sir. You want Ben Johnson as your play caller in that situation. Everybody does, apparently. Well, I mean, you saw what he could do. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's just one year though. I just, I, the league is so quick now. I guess I can't be shocked, but it's just, it's shocking to me that <laughs> one year as an OC, you can, you can just make the jump after one year. I obviously that a great effort, nuts. but I mean. It's crazy. Um, I can't and, believe Cliff Kingsbury is not a part of football right now. 
Uh, he's yeah, he's taken some time to go to Thailand, uh, and uh, bought a one-way ticket. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> I just had to get a kick out of the fact that it was. A, they had to put out there that it was a one-way ticket, and I don't. Know I'm if, sure you can't buy actually... return tickets right now because, of like, I'm still sure it's like all on lockdown type of deal. You gotta so. like. I don't, think I don't so. know. But I'm sure there's something where you can't buy like a round trip from Thailand right now. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, he's with um his his. He's got a girlfriend younger than us, or about actually the same age as us. Good for him. And Cliff is, I think, forty. Three. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. He's he's doing some soul searching in Thailand. Uh, apparently, turning down job offers as they're coming in. But I mean, hey, live your life, man. Screw it, dude. Screw it. He's definitely doing a lot of screwing. That's for sure. Um, the ripping and the tearing. Oh man, he's he. Good for him. That's what I'll say. Take some time. Relax, man. You yeah. I mean, you football will always be there. Thailand will not always, maybe not always be. Right? <laughs> well, Bangkok Tha- certainly won't oh, be. Oh man, the memes out there—they're hilarious. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of people looking for him to be OC. Um, that leads me to an OC that got fired as well. Uh, Michael Fleur, obviously brother of Matt. Um, maybe, maybe just maybe he comes in if Ben Johnson gets the. Gets an takes the job at one of these three teams that he's interviewed with. Uh, maybe you bring in Michael Floor. If he has a relationship with Dan, I need somebody yeah. that's got a good relationship with Dan. We need to keep the the OC and the head coach. Um, we need those two to be real comfortable with each other. So I did see some rumors uh, on the Reddit mill of some internal guys. I forget the the names off the top of my head. I can look them back up. But uh, a lot of internal guys that. Um, People seem to be really pleased with. Yes, I know that I saw that as well. Um, I didn't see the Reddit one necessarily, but I did see uh, the uh, couple of the vacancies that you speak of. I can't can't recall. I'm trying to look them up as we as we as we talk here, but I I, I can't I can't seem to find it. Oh, but I did find this nice little nugget that isn't a nice nugget. Um, Ben Johnson went to high school in North Carolina, so and played f- college football at UNC. So oh that's well, great. that's a bummer. That's, that's a, a real oof. bummer. I, I'm glad. I wish I wouldn't have read that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you also hear that he robbed a couple banks though? He's not oh, head coach material. Not a good guy. Not somebody you want. Yeah, I see. He's got a degree in math and computer science from UNC. Uh, <sighs> Shoot. Yeah. yeah. Thirty-six years old and. Talking about a head coach, good for him. Obviously, um, Dan said it; he'd be happy f- for them if they do go. Um, we just, uh, just as you alluded to in the previous episode, it's like you know you feel like you got a window here. You don't want to have to backfill that position um, so quickly, uh, just one year after he's be- the OC, right? Uh, and it's just starting to shine as well. That's yeah, the it's just, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but I did see the. I'm sure you watched it. the uh, The mic'd up from the Packers game was electric. Uh, yeah. Who was uh Who was the mic'd up? Well, there's several, but Taylor Decker was like the main one. Taylor Decker was who I. Yep, that was. Uh, but it was we good. heard from uh, obviously a lot of guys. We heard from uh, Panay Sewell with an electric speech where he pregame he's he's got the boys in the circle and he's like, "I've got your back from." 
first play to the last. First play to the last. And oh. like, oh, I got goosebumps when that came up. Because Panay Sewell's like 22 years old. Like, and he's making that type of speech at that at ripe, that young ripe age. And a powerful one at that. I mean, that is that speaks to what this team is, right? Just the continuity, the cohesiveness. I've got your back undoubtedly from love end to end. Like not not for a second do you ever doubt that somebody on that team has your back, right? Like they're all one cohesive unit. It's it's great chemistry, man. There's straight love through that locker room. And it's what is going to bring free big time free agents to Detroit. And that's something mm-hmm. that's nearly never been said. Mm-mm. No, no. And th- this, this front office hasn't been big in free agency. Um, but I, I expect that might change now that you feel like you've got some guys to build around. Now you can start plugging guys in to get specific needs addressed before it was like, you know, they w- pretty much wiped this team clean, right? Brought in a bunch of new people, um, drafted, drafted well, the last two years and obviously expect another good draft from them. But I think maybe this is the uh, off season where they start to, instead of ship guys out, they ship guys in type of situation. And uh, we'll talk about free agents um, at a greater length uh, down the road here. But um, I'm sure you saw this Khalif Raymond, Khalif Raymond, second team, all pro. I did see that. I honestly kind of want to talk about that. He, he was the second team all pro, but do you feel like anybody else got just cheated that there wasn't any uh, first team all pro on this team, not even on the offensive line? I think it's one of the biggest uh, slaps in the face, and I hope the team runs with this bulletin board material. But before we like leave the draft talk right away, you know, you talk about these two great drafts and people being afraid of what Brad Holmes does. They have them banking a ton of money in free agency uh, in their cap space. This could be the year you're talking about, you know, they're going to re-sign what we talked about, almost everybody onto this team. You know, there's a couple guys they're going to let go. They're going to re-sign almost everybody. Is this a year where Brad Holmes zigs when everybody else is zagging? He leaves the draft this year because he sees it's a little weaker. He gets his pieces later in the draft and uses those those picks they have for foundation guys and, and and honestly gap filler guys that those pieces that win you Super Bowl. Shopping spree? You calling for a shopping spree? Uh, oh my god. Shoe shopping. <laughs> Let's go get some shoes. Oh, that yeah. would be incredible though. Exciting. Exciting to think about. And yes. Tanner Engstrand. He's the passing game coordinator who everybody else is high on in the there Reddit threads. There you go. So he's he's a name to listen for, Tanner Ingstrand. Yeah, and I don't think Mark Brunel wants to be OC, but that's a guy as well. But he just I feel like he is in that role and as quarterback's coach, and that is where he wants to be, and he doesn't have that urge to jump to a, a further offensive position. If we're going to take, if we're going to listen to any of our co-hosts and we listen to Mitch, uh, we just got to look back to week 18. We can't let a guy be OC who can't look at the (laughs) starting quarterback and say, hey, man, try a couple passes without two gloves on. Valid. Yes, that's valid. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, And uh, you touched on it. Jamal got fined. Quay Walker gets less. That's just 
outrageous, but it, it is what it is. Jamal, um, 18,000, Quay, 13,000. Um, and Alex Anzalone might be a referee in his in his post uh, post player life. I he must see how easy it is. Yeah. You don't really have to show up to do your job. It almost seems like a free paycheck. So why not, huh? And you don't see like obviously all these guys that are refs and officials now are former players of the game at some point in their life, but you don't see a lot of like prominent players becoming refs. It's always, no, everybody wants to go to media. Yes. It's always the TV route. Tony Romo, all these guys, right? They just the national natural progression is to go right to the, the booth or the pregame shows. Yeah, I honestly, I, I as much as like we joke about Anceloni, I hope he does and I hope he takes some other players with him. Because, I mean, you see, there's only so many TV booth positions you can have. I mean, I know you can go lower level, go to college, do other sports and everything. But there's only so many of those positions. There's always a need for more refs. Mm-hmm. And, and and refs that know what they're doing, that have played the played the position at the highest level, are the perfect ones for it. So I, I do hope so. It seems like, right? It's just, uh, I, I understand why not more players don't because it's just not an alluring position. Who would want to be a ref? It's a thankless job, right? It is, and they don't get paid enough. I mean, we always talk about it um, at the national media side is that these guys have two jobs because they don't get paid enough. Or, well, that they just don't get paid well enough for them to quit their other job. Right. I mean, have them sign a, a contract that this is your main source of income, primary job. It the needs NFL, to be. The NFL brings in so much money, and they just, yeah, it's, it needs to be addressed, especially the roughing the passers. That's just getting ridiculous. Um, uh, and the other thing I saw during this game, this um, these games today, I should say, is the Aaron Donald scare freakout moment where he changed his bio to former defensive lineman and uh, Barstool and among other media sources quickly jumped on this and said, Aaron Donald retiring question mark. And I think like 44 minutes later, he changed it back to, you know, all pro D lineman for the Los Angeles Rams or whatever, but it, he had changed it to former. Sheesh. And uh, I did not I, see that. I don't know if that was a mistake. If, Somebody got and hacked his account, or or what the situation is there. Maybe he's got an announcement Wasted. coming soon. I don't know. On a dare. Yeah, maybe lost lost in odds. Possibly, know. but but just drunk enough on a Sunday at like noon in Los Angeles time. I guess just drunk enough, man. Off season Aaron, time. Aaron Donald, big drunk drinking guy. You think? I don't know, man. Just just after the season ends, you had one of your probably worst seasons on record. You had a few weeks to yourself. Drunk all the time. Maybe in Thailand? To more like Thailand for that, man. Ooh, yeah. He's yeah. He's got three trunks going on. He's climbing oh. some other trunks. Wow. Wow. Inside the life of Aaron Donald, I guess, right there. Um it's a nearly nearing halftime here in the Bengals Ravens game. It's nine to seven. Um, so did the Bengals go for two? That part I didn't see. I was because 
because they got a touchdown when it, they were up three nothing. They got a touchdown. They must have gone for two or missed the extra point. I guess silly. I'm at a commercial break. I got nothing. Right extra now. point is no good for McPherson. Wide right. Okay, so they missed it. Straight up missed it. Okay, stopped watching. Um, yeah, Huntley's in the game. Uh, he's got one interception, one touchdown. Um, and uh, it's a two point game. Kind of crazy. I thought the Bengals would be out ahead of this kind of comfortably, but. That's kind of been the story of the weekend. You just don't know what to expect. These games, the Bills, Dolphins, everybody kind of expecting a blowout there with Skylar Thompson, one of the closest games of the day, um, and the Giants with the upset. That's a that's an L for me. Jaguars with the win. That's an L for me. I had the Chargers there. Had the had the uh, Vikings in the other one. So I think Andrew, I think you're perfect so far, right? I think I do have a perfect record. I was just trying to figure out if I took the Bengals or the Ravens. I feel like I had the Ravens or Bengals. No, no. no, we were both. We were both Bengals for sure. Yeah, I was thinking the backups weren't going to get it done. No, no, Lamar not playing, and uh, I. But the Dolphins with a back, then, a third string quarterback nearly beat the Bills today. So I guess that's it's just one of true. those weekends. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I did take Tom Brady. Didn't bet you against sure him. Did. You sure did. Okay, that's good. Just needed yeah. that. Needed reassurance. Yep, that one tomorrow night. Um, I don't have anything else to say, Andrew. Do you? I got. I I, I got nothing. The it's shareholders exhausted. got a great week of football. A great weekend of football. We yeah. got a couple more games here. I will say surprisingly so too. I thought kind of. A, I thought I kind of thought this could be a mild card weekend with some of these matchups with the backups and Mitch. And see, yeah. We need him back quicker than you can imagine, folks. Yeah, mild card, it, it, and it was nothing short of wild. Again, it, the NFL never, um, never, never fails ceases. to never fails to disappoint, or never fails to not disappoint. I guess. I I mean I'm right on. Like I said, the only one we said it pregame. Uh, the only really disappointment of the week was the Seahawks 49ers, and uh, it's a real shame we didn't get to see the Lions in that matchup, and uh, just. The things that could have been. Oh, shareholders out there, do you think the Lions would have beat the 49ers? Be honest with yourselves. Believe that. Maybe that's the homework for this week. Report back on that. But be, but be honest with yourselves. Of course, always. Grounded with the guys here. Be honest. Do you really think, I will say this, they would have put up a better fight than the Seahawks, I think. Wouldn't, wouldn't have given I think Goff would have put up better better numbers than Gino. Oh, Gino. Really curious to see what happens with that, what transpires if they if they bring him back or not. It's not, he he's he got teary eyed and said he wanted to be back because they they bet on him to bring him in. So he's got he feels like he's probably got some loyalty to 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 hold to that city and to that team. Yeah, I don't think I think it's like one of those Nick Foles Carson Wentz situations though. You can't sit him down. Right. He can't be a backup there. Oh, that's the that brings up another point where. Um, there's, you know, the talks of Jimmy G maybe being eligible to be back uh, in the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl if they make it that far. Um, but Brock Purdy no. with a oh, passer rating of 136 at one point in that game. I don't know what he finished with. If you make it that far with Brock Purdy, you don't stop that. No, you can't. Brock right? is rocking right now. It's I, credit it's to good. credit to Kyle Shanahan, man. That. He's hey, done it. He said he's he saw. done it. He's not had a franchise quarterback the whole time he's been there, and they've had several Super Bowl appearances. It is wild, and yeah, it is full credit to him. But yeah, to do it with Mister Irrelevant, it's Tom Brady esque, man, and it's just kind of chilling to see it happen again. Oh, it is. 
it's insane and his family afterwards just have the embrace it's always cool oh yeah it's like the, so cool we always get these storylines this time of year right it's 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 gonna be the it's gonna be them or the eagles it's gotta be in the nfc it feels like it at this point although if the lions were in it would be the lions that's for sure this is no doubter no doubter lion share podcast uh we're wrapping things up here until next time go lions uh 200 and some days until the next game yeah